If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Adio A. Jr. I'm joined by host of P.S. I Love You, XOXO, a.k.a. WWE Superstar, a.k.a. Greg Miller. Hello, Blessing. How are you? That was a great introduction. Thank you for remembering the WWE Superstar bit. You remember to talk about that? Honestly, Thank you. I, I didn't want to give it to you, but saying it out loud the first time yeah, made me realize good. that it does sound it good, good, and I like yeah. saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I also want to thank you for listening to my commentary earlier when I got here and mm. dressing down a bit. Of course, the Gamescast is live right now. You can go watch the Gamescast, and I looked like such a schlub next to you. You know what I mean? I looked like that beaten, weathered father I am next to the young hotness, next to the man in the peacoat, next to the man, you know, this guy is about to go out and wreck shop on the town. Do you and not- right now, you still look better than me. Don't get me wrong. Thank That's you. just your appreciate MO. It. You're always going to look better than Greg Miller. But I appreciate now it's just a skate hoodie. I, I'm like, I feel like I fit in it. It's a skate hoodie and a chain. Don't forget the chain. The chain's great. The, chain was the a, chain's great. Was, and again, that's what chain. elevates you to another level. Thank you. Thank you. Do you not have the inclination to, you know, want to, I guess, dress up more that we're or in person? Or wear a chain. Or wear a chain. Or wear a chain. I feel like a Greg Miller chain I actually would be never, fire. Yeah, I never, I never wore a chain. I've never had an, I've never had the you necklace start. thing. Yeah. Once I wore a cross on a plane, like the first time we ever, <laughs> <laughs> the first time we ever went for a flight, my mom looked over. She's like, are you wearing a cross right now? I'm like, a crucifix? I'm like, yeah. Because I, like, I was a little kid and I was scared to fly. You know what I mean? Like your first time getting in a plane. <laughs> you didn't want the demons in the air to get you. No, I, you know, I don't. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah, Catholic Satan's school. Army in Catholic the school. I got a whole bunch of crucifixes <laughs> ready to go over here. You know, I'm ready for anything. Because for me, the switch has been. You know, I would like to dress nice when I was working from home. Yeah. But you know, wearing a bomber jacket, wearing a denim jacket, wearing like a nicer shirt, all that stuff felt weird when I was sitting sure. in my bedroom with my bed behind me, and when I was still feeling like I was you know at home i didn't feel like i was going anywhere yeah now that i'm going to a place i feel more inclined 100 percent. i, I think w- even dressing up i don't think it's the right thing just wearing newer nicer things because tim mm-hmm. did the same thing tim went back to school shopping and i think if you look at the kind of funny podcast he's in a very nice sweater that he's been getting a lot mm-hmm. of compliments about and so there's something going on there oh i thought it was the chair i thought the chair is like what made him look good <laughs> Also true, but people yeah. did like the sweater a lot. Okay. And so for me, you know, even then I was wearing a new sweatshirt, you know what I mean, at the time, and I thought that looked good. It was just last yesterday's comparison on the Gamescast when I looked at the monitor and I saw you again. Coat. Thank you. Nice undershirt. Yeah, you had the tie-dye on yesterday, right? I did have the tie-dye looks on good. You made that. That's homemade. I did. That Amazing. is homemade. I did make that. And you had that, and then I forget what I was wearing, but I was at the end of a long Ghostbusters day of being mm-hmm. in a jumpsuit. And I'm just, oh, yeah, I was wearing like a, a Foxhound shirt or whatever. I was just like, oh, I'm not. I, Blessing's carrying it right now. I don't know entirely what the uh, like our game game awards plans are, but if you're planning to go you to game, we're going. Remember, we're going. We're going. Yeah. Me and you. It's yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Hell yeah. Did we so, talk about this? I thought we talked. about We it. talked about it, but I don't know what's public information, what's private information. I'm, 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 you can. You can. Does, it, does the world you have my does, permission to say anything you want about where you're going? Oh, all right. Yeah. As long as it doesn't violate an embargo. Well, I'm going to game awards. I still course. think we have a ticket for you yet, though. Isn't that one of the things? I'm working on that, right? Like a plane ticket? Or? No, no, a plane ticket we got to buy. That's easy. I'm okay. talking about like a ticket to the Game Awards, right? Wasn't that part of it? Like, I mean, when you said I was going to the Game Awards, I assumed <laughs> I assumed that meant that like we got in at, for, with media passes or something. I mean, I assume that too. 
So maybe you're going to the right, after this. Selection. We should we should I'll talk. Google Game Awards. We right should talk now. after this because like I have access to maybe buy a ticket if I no need no to buy no a no. I, we can get you in. I just can't remember if we closed the loop where they responded back like yeah, yeah we got blessing. I have like not Looper? gotten any update. like like Looper very like much. Looper. So, yeah. I'm not gotten an update. I bring up Game Awards though because of course last year. You know, I my I uh, collaborated with my homie Yusuf Magid, and we went above and beyond in terms of curating for me a curating, creating for me an out, an outfit to wear. Sure. That was the you know white blazer, the turtleneck, the chain, all that stuff, and I felt really good about that outfit, which has. Are thinking, you and I about to do a Pretty Woman montage where Yusuf dressed us both? I would love that <laughs> so much because that's been my thing is you and me coming out, and he's like, no, <laughs> and then yeah, because I've been thinking about how am I going to load up myself for this next Game Awards? How am I going to going to you know up the fashion statement? Because sure. it did feel great dressing up last year. Because yeah. it turns out you know a lot of a, a lot of men in games media, and I feel like d didn't use that as an opportunity to to dress up. A lot of women were going off. A lot of women were, were looking incredible in their outfits during the yeah. Game Awards. But I feel like the dudes could have stepped up more right like that was kind of the general thing I, I, I was looking so i wanted to i wanted to you know raise the level this this next game awards are you with me are you going to you know go above and beyond with your outfit i mean if yousef wants to dress us both yeah i'm in okay we can make this happen all right cool i'm also emailing jeff right now about your tickets perfect thanks so much as you do that let me tell you about today's stories which include witcher remake being announced a new mystery playstation studio and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up with us talking about marvel Snap. and he looks good in it and I look good in it. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem, Bayonetta 3, Overwatch 2, and our predictions for the rest of the year. You can find that on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the world. Go planet. watch on YouTube to see how good Blessing looks then. Yes. Also hear about how great Marvel Snap is. Mm -hmm. And then also hear me say, like, hey, I'm glad Andy's enjoying Plague Tale. Just never been for me, despite the fact that people say all the time I would like it, right? Mm -hmm. At which point you would think people would go, you know what? Thanks for trying, Greg. Both of these plague tales. You know, we've said before we thought the first one was for you. We'll walk away. Mm. Instead, I wake up to this t 10 minutes ago, this tweet from Caleb. Just started listening, and I think Game Over Greg should push through and continue a Plague Tale Requiem. Story is great with really emotional ending and a lot of cool Uncharted set piece moment vibes. Agree on gameplay being basic, but it seems right up your alley. I mean, That's the entire crux of my fucking argument in the show you're listening to, Caleb. I that mean, it's, everybody says it should be up my alley, and it just doesn't work. Greg, I think you should really try it. Ah! You should probably check it out. Is it like, does it ever tire you that people want us to play every single video game? Because <laughs> every, I, I, I feel like I get tweets for any major release of like, oh man, bless you, check this out, man. No way I kind of funny he's talking about it. And I'm like, oh, that's probably because it's none of our game. Yeah. It doesn't, tiring isn't the right word because obviously it's amazing. And I'm not even like making a joke or anything. Mm. It's an honor and a blessing. It's so cool that when people see a video game, they think about it. And the fact that, of course, people want to, share something they love or they know that what i love and they think i would love it because of that it's just always that thing of like when somebody has that kind of recommendation i think they sometimes forget that we've probably had it recommended a thousand yes. times and so there's a reason we haven't done the thing or talked about the thing but then there is the one that gets through right where like moonlighter 
where I totally missed the release of Moonlighter. Nobody had talked to me about Moonlighter. And then, what, seven months after it was out, somebody put on the subreddit, like, this is a Greg Miller-ass game. Why hasn't he played it? And I was like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. But that's a little bit different of a scale than a Plague Tale, I think. Yeah. And I guess, I, you know, I've had the same thing where I have had recommendations from people online, and I check a thing. Like, Operation, uh, not Operation, uh, Aegis Rim. God, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Operation. But, like, that's a game that hella people recommended to me online. Sure. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to give this a college try and i tried it and i absolutely loved it It it's one of my favorite games of the year even though it didn't come out this year um but i think for me it's more so the the xenoblade chronicles threes of the world where i'm like no this is an excellent game i trust everybody who's told me that this is an excellent game yeah but i played two hours of it and i know it's not my personal jam sure yet every every week there's somebody that's like yo bless you you should check out xenoblade and i'm like listen i know you love it it's just cisco every time it's every single time it's Cisco in my DM, he's like, listen to the thong song and play, play uh, uh, Xenoblade. And I'm like, I'll do one of those things. Is Cisco really song. into Xenoblade? Yeah, you never heard that story when Cisco no. was like, hey, I want to come to E3. And we we're like, or actually when he was just like, I'm ex- I suck so you get to go to E3. I'm like, do you want to come? You can cover it for uh, us. I almost said IGN. You can cover it for us. <laughs> kind of funny where we work. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, give me your top five games so I can get you demos. And I was totally expecting it to all be like, triple a you know playstation exclusive xbox exclusive call of duty something like that i didn't know cisco's preferences at the time and no number one was xenoblade chronicles i was like holy shit he's a nerd i I knew yeah i knew he went to e3 with y'all i just i I, I did i forgot the uh the xenoblade love that's great back to housekeeping after today's episode of kfgd greg is busting ghosts once again in ghostbusters spirits unleashed with a full crew if you miss it live you can catch the archive on youtube.com slash kind of funny games Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady on YouTube. Today we're brought to you by Policy Genius and the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. There it is. Starting with... Our number one, CD Projekt Red announces a remake of The Witcher in Unreal Engine 5. This comes from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. CD Projekt Red has announced that it will remake The Witcher in Unreal Engine 5 alongside developer Fool's Theory. This is one of the five new games the the company announced earlier this month and previously went by the codename Canis Majoris. Uh, This will be a true remake, with the company saying it will, quote, be rebuilt from the ground up in Unreal Engine 5 and is in early stages of development. As part of its announcement, the company cautioned, quote, we want to do this right, so please be patient. It's going to be a while until we can share more details. Well, they shouldn't have shared this footage. This looks like shit. Uh, I don't think this (laughs) is real. (laughs) (laughs) The Witcher uh, is where it all started for us, uh, for CD Projekt Red. It was the first game we ever made, and it was a big moment for us then. Going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience, it feels just as big, if not bigger, uh, said Adam Badowski, head of studio, CD Projekt Red, in an announcement post. Quote, collaborating with Fool's Theory on the project is just as exciting as some of the people, uh, some of the people there have been previously involved in the Witcher games. They know the source material well. They know how, to, how much gamers, how, they know how much gamers have been looking forward to seeing the remake happen, and they know how to make incredible and ambitious games. And although it'll take some time before we're ready to share more about the game, I know it'll be worth the wait. End quote. Greg Miller, a Witcher remake in Unreal Engine 5. Is it the right move for CD Projekt Red? 1,000%, right? Like, I think you see CD Projekt Red laying out, and CD Projekt laying out what their future is for the Witcher franchise, all these code names, of course, cyberpunk stuff in there, too. Uh, 
as you go forward, there are so many people who have been left behind where, you know, the old game is old adage rings true. Witcher 3 was this giant game, this giant coming out party, put CD Projekt Red into a different uh, stratosphere in terms of game development. And I think you had to be pretty hardcore to then want to go back and play these older games that might not hold up. You know what I mean? I remember at the time Christine Steimer went back and she played getting ready for Witcher 3, Witcher uh, 1 and 2 and stuff. And I'd come over and watch her play and be like, oof, yeah. this is rough. But I, I understand why into the story, I understand why to do it. I think you see the runaway success of uh, The Witcher on Netflix and how that, you know, remember that would then fed into Witcher 3's concurrence on Steam and sales and all these different things. And the fact that there's just so much juice still in that franchise and there's still so much lore in there that's unexplored and i think for me personally even like i you know have recently been what was it i guess you know i get through osmosis some of the fantasy stuff you know i'm not a big uh, mm. fantasy uh, knights elves kind of thing right i always make fun of lord of the rings uh, game of thrones but jen is big into that so there's been a lot of me laying on the floor playing marvel snap recently but playing other games on my steam deck while she's been watching uh, the new season of rings of power or watching uh, the other one I thought that was another ant. There was an ant on me beforehand. I'll tell you what, you that's, it, that's you, the creepiest thing I gotta do. Do you have any theories on where that ant came from? No, and that's always the worst an part. Studio. Yeah, I know, definitely, right? It's just one little picnic ant. I mean, where, yeah, how long has he been here? Who knows? Um, you know, I rolled down my windows this morning to, you know, uh, uh, get the, the fog off him. Maybe that, maybe he was on my window. I don't know, it doesn't matter. I think it's been on you this whole time. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm all ants. You know what I mean? Oh, Oops, all just, ants. <laughs> a bunch of ants in a human suit? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Anyways. Uh, I've been when I've been occasionally looking up at that I've been doing the thing of of course there's no chance of this happening because of where we are in review season yada 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 mm. but I'm like man I never finished Witcher 3 like I could <laughs> I could go for re-rolling the Witcher 3 you're the same person uh, in this way because like I'm the same exact way with fantasy where fantasy generally doesn't do it for me but yeah. I started the Witcher 3 yeah. and like I really enjoyed me it too. during my time with it but I didn't finish it because I got lost looking for Dandelion or something totally yeah you, I mean I think it, what it was and you could probably correct me kindoffunny.com slash wrong I want to say I put 30 hours into the time and like I had a great time with it but it was just like I never got out of act one I was so oh question mark oh side quest yeah. oh this and it was just like I didn't, it was the same thing that probably would kill me now where I don't have enough time to do that and live that because I moved on to the next review and the next review and the next review. But I've been like, I think it was when they mentioned that the next gen versions are still coming for Witcher 3 or something like that. I was like, oh man, maybe when PS5 would drop, I would play that. In the same vein, like this gets me excited. If you were to say, especially with the, how they've talked about these other Witcher projects, right? That they, and the fact they're coming out so quickly, they want them to come out so quickly. Mm -hmm. You imagine they're going to be smaller, more digestible games, at which point I'd be all about it. And so to, to go back and be with uh, Geralt from the beginning, you know, get the Triss backstory, see what's going on with Yennefer in the game universe and what they do with there. Because I know in Witcher 3, there's so much subtext that I would have to turn to Steimer and be like, what is going on? <laughs> Why are they? Oh, okay. She tricked him. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Well, you know, like, I'd love to play that from the start and go through that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we're talking about CD Projekt Red as a st studio, but also as a publisher, I think they're going about it the right way if they want to get that many games out in a short period of time, For sure. which is, hey, let's collaborate with this developer, Fool's Theory, and have them work on the remake while we work on whatever the next uh, iteration of it is. And yeah, like talking about Witcher 3 once again, you know, I think about a month or so ago, we were talking about the Witcher 3 and me and Janet got into like GTA 5 comparisons and people were like, what, who compared GTA 5 to Witcher 3? And I, I got annoyed by that and I looked it up. I was like, why did, did we think that people were comparing it at the time and what what it came down to was the fact that Witcher 3 of course came out in 2015 two years before that was GTA 5 GTA 5 at the time was being heralded as like oh this is like the open world game that is like taking things to the next level and Witcher 3 was kind of the next up on that list of oh Witcher 3 comes out and now this is the land the landmark open world game and 
for me, that is the thing that got me into The Witcher 3, right? It was less so just the <clears throat> the narrative and the the fantasy portions of it. It was more so it as a video game and what it was doing with side quests, with, with what it was doing with all the question marks, the quality of the writing and a lot of the side quests. That was the thing that really hit for me. A hundred percent. And that's why I feel like even though I never rolled credits on it, I got my experience out of it because those side quests yep. were so good. You know what I mean? When it was, you're going after a monster and just doing witchery things, right? And it wasn't about chasing the overall thing and trying to find out where Siri is, right? Like, it was like, oh, damn, like, I get this. And it also set it up so well of, I think, I, I wish, if I was to replay it now and start it now, right? Which I tried to on Switch when we were watching The Witcher, and that just was a bad move because just, yeah. you know, didn't look good. Uh, but when I, you know, if I was to come in with the current context on it, I think it would play so much better of, I feel like I know who Geralt is now. I understand who the characters are. And it's not about the overarching narrative if I don't want it to be. It can be like the show is with Henry Cavill where it is. Cool. This episode is just about hunting this monster. This episode is just about getting into the shenanigans. And that's what the side quest would be. Yeah. And I feel like I could do better with that nowadays. Maybe even playing over a longer period of time and sticking with I it. Mean, if- there, there's like a, um, what, maybe a strong five to eight hours where I played witcher as like a Yu-Gi-Oh simulator like um like the first season of the Hell yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh anime was a uh, duelist kingdom where they're on an island and just running into different duelists and dueling that's how i played the witcher where i was just like this is a gwent video game for me where i'm like finding new gwent players and beating them and collecting whatever their card is gwent was one of my favorite if not my favorite thing to do in in the witcher and i think the game was special in that way where it was one of those rpgs where it can be what you want it to be you can't yeah. just focus on that you can't just focus on uh doing like doing the hunts for the different monsters you can focus on the the main storyline and you know if you're like me and you you know play as much of it as you want to and then trickle away that's fine if you are more of a hardcore fan and see it all the way through and maybe do all the quests that's fine as well but for the witcher 3 playing through it i never thought about going back to witcher 1 and 2 like that was the main thing for me which i knew witcher 3 was a jump i knew it was a step forward and i knew that you know for what Witcher 3 was bringing to the table I probably wouldn't enjoy Witcher 1 and, and 2 as much because those games are more linear. Those games are older. Those games probably didn't feel as modern uh, at the time when I was oh, playing. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back and remaking Witcher 1, I think is especially smart because you're also talking about a franchise that is seeing a resurgence constantly because with every new season of the TV show, we get new stories about how, oh man, Witcher 3 is back up in sales. Witcher 3 is now seeing a new resurgence. And in the way that we talk about The Last of Us, which with uh, Last of Us Part 1 and why PlayStation would put this game out again, it's because when the TV show comes out, people are going to be looking for The Last of Us. Man, okay, where do I start off with yeah. this thing? Let me buy The Last of Us 1. Let me then buy The Last of Us 2. I think it's the same idea for The Witcher, which is, oh, yeah, people are going back to The Witcher 3 just based off the TV show. Think about if you have a game that is modern yep. that is just called The Witcher yep. that they can hop into and then beat that and go, oh, man, I want more of this. Now let me play Witcher 3. Yeah. Or maybe they remake Witcher 2 as oh, well. If, I mean, I would think, yeah, they're well on their way to remaking Witcher 2 if they're jumping into this. Because, yeah. yeah, like that would be the thing. Uh, blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we loved about work from home, and there were a few, there was a few things, right, other than pajamas and everything else, was the ability that anybody could crash the set at any time and tell us we're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what I love about now being back in person is that is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I never have to listen to Paris Lily again. You know what I mean? Because of course, you think he's just like in the Discord call right now? He's like, oh, he was he was slacking me, there. saying, "No, you have to play it. You have to play the thing." But I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yes, have you to. do. Nah, fuck. Oh God damn it. <laughs> Hello, Paris. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Oh man, I'm not on video. I see the the weird virtual thing. But that's, thing that's in still the you. The little dot, the little Discord dot. We understand that. <laughs> the means only that's time Paris. I get bigger than Paris. <laughs> Paris, you were you're popping off in Slack, yelling at us about Witcher. What's happening? 
No, seriously, you you need to finish The Witcher Three if for no other reason, so you can get to Blood and Wine. It's it's an expansion DLC, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. it's damn near its only its its own game. That's how big and expansive it is. It's really good. So, I would highly suggest you, but everyone listening to this or watching this, finish The Witcher Three, jump into to those DLCs. They're they're fantastic. Heart, Hearts of Stone and, and Blood and Wine. Now you say finish it. Is it finish it because? The story is so good, or just because it's so much fun to play all the way through? <laughs> oh, he transforms. Both. <laughs> okay. Both. Both. Okay. Okay. All right. No, it's both. I mean, I mean, it's absolutely worth getting to the end of that story. And, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but, some, but you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see. But then that's going to lead you directly into Hearts of Stone. You want to play through that. There's going to be a new villain that comes back into that, that plays into something earlier you, you do in the game. And then you get the blood and wine. And like I said, that's like its own thing, man. It's, it's really okay. good. And the fact that they're about, I would assume those next gen updates are about to hit. Yeah, I, where I would are hope those? they would come this year. Yeah. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong, especially if you're Radic who works at CD Projekt and tweets and you're wrongs us all the time. What's the update on that? Where's the thing? Give us an exclusive right now. That's what I want to know. Where's it going? That's what it, I want to know. There make- it is. You actually play Hearts of Stone, Blood and Wine without even playing the main game. So Radic is there. Radic, I need you yeah. to. <laughs> you're right. Radic even said, yeah, he, he is correct. You do not need to finish the main game to play Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, but I highly suggest that you do. That's uh, just me. Greg, I do have a news story from... Radic, DM me on Twitter the release date for this so we can break the news. Well, speaking of, this, speaking of this, one, let us break the news, but also Games Radar an hour ago has an article saying The Witcher 3 next-gen update news is coming soon. This is Dustin Bailey who says, In the wake of today's announcement of The Witcher remake... Oh my god, I got a pop-up from Games Radar. Uh, developer CD Projekt Red has provided the teensiest, tiniest update on when we can expect news on The Witcher 3 next-gen update. One fan asked the studio on Twitter if there was, quote, any word on Witcher 3 for next-gen. City Project simply replied, soon. Uh, there was a winky face, emoticon, and everything. Huh. So, huh. Radic, let us know what soon means. Yeah, soon, yeah, give us the exclusive. What's, who's going to get mad? Hey, he, he, he said in 2022, that's all he can say for now. Yeah, I'm, in the chat I'm there, next-gen Witcher 3 is still coming in 2022. That's all I can say now. Oh, winky emoji face! Oh, okay. Stop it with the winky emojis! But 2022, can- we're running out of time. So this could line up nicely. Mm. So, you know, we did the whole Gamescast hype check for the rest of the year, right? So let's say uh, finish Ragnarok, review yeah. that thing, right? Then move on, and then I got to worry about I want to play Sonic some Frontiers. I, I do want to play Sonic. Mm. You know that. I want to play Pokemon. Again, mm. how long I stay in either of these games, nobody knows. Who knows what's up? Then I'm into Callisto. Mm-hmm. And then, then if it's dropping in December, right, that could be my Christmas Eve Thanksgiving. Oh, you motherfucker. You motherfucker, Radic. Is Witcher is there another Witcher season coming out this this holiday? No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay, because that was that no, remember that's when they had that moment yeah. last time when it was I remember watching all of the Witcher Marathon and smart. Yeah. That been smart. I bet Henry Cavill screwed it up. Gotta Probably. go back to the Superman, busy everybody. Busy I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have canceled Netflix if they were coming out with a new season soon. But so but you'll re up when they come back. hundred percent. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just typed in the Witcher Netflix. Greg should play Pikmin. Get out of here, Laker Shed. <laughs> uh can this be a PS Love you thing? What? We do a Witcher 3, we revisit it, w- review 2022-2023 for The Witcher. Sure. I don't want to, like, give us plan. Cause yeah, I, let's not do the I, thing where we put a date on it or anything yeah, like that. Because I know it always goes wrong when we're like, we're going to replay this thing, and then it turns into a burden. But I think it would be fun, a fun idea to do a, all right, cool, the PS Love You cast plays The Witcher sure. in 2023 sure. and gives their Witcher 3 review. Okay. Review. I'm interested. I'm excited for that. Yeah, right. I, I could hey, like that. Hey, Blessing. What's up? Blessing, you know, I, I am still here. Can you you know, I, 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 I would love to, to be a part of that, even though I know oh, I'm. Oh, but you're on the X-Cast. Yeah, you are an Xbox person. 
If you no. if, if you say that PS Plus is a better deal than Game Pass, we'll let you on. Barrett dre- desperately trying to enlarge this window so Barrett's head's a little bit bigger. It's a lot to do live. Oh my god. Um, I will not say that blessing because that is not a true statement. That's fair. I mean, you're right. It's not a true statement, but it's the statement you got to make. You want to be on PS Love You, you know what I mean? Oh, we can make that happen. Look at me. I'm Kratos. I'm Kratos with Mimir. <laughs> I'm actually very, I, I, I don't like this because I don't have my camera connected, so I literally can't jump to video and you're doing this. So Sorry, I, it's okay. Well, we'll see you later. Thank no. you for doing this. Thank you so much, Paris. We'll have our people no, talk to you. people. Talk to you later. Bye. Peace out. Uh, Barrett, that was amazing. Great job getting that on the fly. I'm proud of you. I know we're only week two in the studio. We're still working on audio levels and a million other things. Put this in the to-do pile. What I liked, I saw it, it went by forever ago. But when Paris popped up originally, someone in one of the chats said, Otacon? It would be awesome if, oh, if you could give a, the codec noise ding, 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 when, when like somebody needs to join. We're like, oh, sorry, we're getting a transmission. And then somebody pops up. There's got to be some kind of filter we can either find or create. That is. Just oh, we could make call. that. No, Andy can make that in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like the intro. The only thing of like distorting their, their voice is just because Discord is going to distort stuff already. Yeah, so sure. I want them to come in clear. But I like the idea of that uh, being a little intro there for, for people common, calling in. Have you got story number two. PlayStation is building a new studio to work with Naughty Dog on an unannounced game. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Sony is building a new development studio to work with Naughty Dog on a major PlayStation game. As spotted by VGC, a job listing shows the new team is being created in collaboration with PlayStation Studios Visual Arts, a developer that previously assisted with PlayStation's motion capture, cinematics, animation, and more across several franchises, including Uncharted and The Last of Us. This new developer will then work with Naughty Dog to create a PlayStation game. Quote, this high visibility project is being developed in collaboration with Naughty Dog, the job listing reads. Quote, though currently unannounced, we have a clear vision and plan to release. Using our existing expertise and premier talent, we'll guarantee a high visual quality bar for the game and a compelling experience for our players. End quote. Though Sony doesn't say explicitly what or explicitly that the new game will be a AAA production, it does request that the candidate is, quote, proficient in all aspects of AAA game production and management, and has published at least two AAA games previously. Though nothing is confirmed, hints toward PS, PSS, PSS Visual Arts, yeah, PSS Visual Arts becoming a developer of its own projects uh, instead of supporting others have appeared throughout the last few years. Mm. One job listing from 2020 showed the company was hiring for a third-person action-adventure game with melee and ranged combat. This description would appear to match an Uncharted game, tying in nicely with the Naughty Dog collaboration. And the studio studio's creative director, Sean Eskig, uh, set, said earlier... Eskog? Eskai. Eskog. Uh, said earlier this year that it's a world, quote, we want to see more of, end quote. Greg, a mystery playstation studio working with naughty dog on an unannounced game well that's my confusion Mm -hmm. so i'm reading you know we know playstation studios visual arts has been around we talked about before yes that's the thing that exists and so a job listing shows a new team is being created in collaboration with them is it a standalone studio or is it just another we're hiring people to work under the psva (laughs) banner which is I i would imagine it's a new team within yeah, PlayStation. Not that this matters at all. Who cares? They're yeah. they're making a team. Like, I don't think a, it's. I don't think it's gonna. There's a new team that's gonna take a new spot in the PlayStation Studios lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that, that's why I think it's just a weird. I think it might. I'm just getting hung up on nomenclature here because yeah, I want to make yeah. sure we're not talking about making a new studio as much as a new team within an existing studio. But again, 
I'm getting into the weeds here. It's it's cool that they're supporting Naughty Egg. What's that? One uh, Jeff Grubb, who you know, big caveat, right? Because sure. Jeff Grubb in the Wrong chat saying, all the time. Yeah, uh, says I think it's a team in VAG. All right, he was right this time, and so was I. So that's great. Wow. IG and get your facts straight. You know what I mean, Jeff? You know what I'm saying? What's up? Yeah, Ryan Dinsdale. <laughs> Say it's my face, Dinsdale. Uh, anyways, though, all that aside, awesome. You know what I mean? Like again, this is what PlayStation Studios visual arts, which I think are among the unsung heroes of how uh, Sony, uh, PlayStation Studios work and the fact that, you know, you, you think about a gorilla, you think about a naughty dog, you think about it all being inside of one building, right? When in reality, for most of these projects, or a lot of these projects, I shouldn't say most, a lot of these projects, there are people outside of that studio working, right? There are basically swing shifts of other people, you, whether it's, you know, sim- something similar to uh, Gorilla helping uh, Kojima, right, with mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the the engine. Decima, Decima, yeah, yeah with the Decima engine, or uh, just people sharing uh, artists or uh, designers and things like that. That does happen, and people do help with other games. And PlayStation Studio, PlayStation Studio Visual Arts, from what I understand, and what we've reported on before, right, is that kind of catch-all utilitarian group of players that then go out and do it. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome that, Naughty Dog is moving on to whatever this project is. And, you know, is it just factions or whatever we want to call it? Is it something brand new? Is it somewhere else there? But they're working with other people so that they're not just stressing out the Naughty Dog team, right? That they are able to go out there. And- Greg, Amy Antos writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, with Sony reportedly opening a new studio, and we'll say team, a new team to work with Naughty Dog, could this be a new Uncharted game given five years since the last one? Do you guys feel it is too early still? And if it is a new game, what could opening a new studio and again team offer an uh, offer to improve this franchise as opposed to Naughty Dog going solo? Oh, yeah. Is there a chance that this is a new Uncharted? Of course game? there is. Uh, of course there is. Is that what I want? Is that what the audience wants? Uh, you get into a million different questions there, right? But I mean, with the success i'm not raging success by any stress imagination but the success of the uncharted movie right like that was a, a tom holland and that was uh, mark Wahlberg, and that was i had fun with that motion picture i don't think it was perfect by any stress of imaginations mm-hmm. but i know that that got uncharted on into the ecosystem and the movie going audience in a way that maybe they hadn't heard before i always tell the story of you know i was at shake shack with jen right and uh the couple next to us who was older and i don't know it doesn't strike me as people who play video games were like Let's go, see, literally, let's go see a movie. They're looking at a newspaper. This how they like. Let's go see a movie. What about this Uncharted thing? Uh, what is that? I don't know, but it's got Spider-Man in it. It looks like, I, and they, were, they went, they said they were going to go see Uncharted, right? Like, that's a new audience for them. I, were they going to buy the game and yada, yada? Who knows? Again, I don't think we saw the success of something like we were talking about with The Witcher or with Cyberpunk Edge Runners, then leading to Cyberpunk having crazy numbers on Steam, stuff like that. But I do think that, PlayStation and PlayStation Studios and PlayStation Movies thinks that there is a future in that Uncharted franchise. Personally, if I'm just sitting here being Greg the Video Game PlayStation guy, I think it's too soon to go back to Uncharted, yes. Especially with the fact we keep putting out, we just talked about it yesterday or two days ago, the Uncharted uh, Legacy Collection coming to PC and not doing that well. Not so much not doing so well, but the fact that Uncharted is still in the air right now, and I don't think it's been moved to a special occasion. Like, I still love the idea that if you're going to bring Uncharted back, you wait until the PS6 reveal, and you have this big moment, and it is that, you know, spoilers. PS6 reveal. I I think the longer you can let... Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, you know, Exhibit A, ladies and gentlemen. She's the marathon bam, running. Bam. Thank you. <laughs> marathon bam, running. Bam, bam. Game playing Janet Garcia. She went back and played all these Uncharted recently, right? And she is not clamoring for more. 
she is not i don't i don't hear people saying i want more uncharted i think if you just leave it alone for a longer time and then come back and it is let's say it picks up with the end of uncharted 4 right and i'm not going to spoil it because i know people still get cranky when you spoil it but like it picks up with what where we end there with not the character you think but the other people like okay cool like that could be a fun way of doing it. And then, you know, the switch of who Sully is and things like that, like a bunch of different things that could make that exciting and fun. But I think you got to let absence make the heart grow fonder. Like, I just don't see people walking around going, man, I want more Uncharted right now. I, I agree mostly and disagree just a little bit. Okay. Right. Like, I agree in the sense that I personally don't, ha I'm not hungry for more Uncharted at the moment. I think, you know, there was a PS Love You maybe a year ago or so, where I think we both were like, and maybe Janet was there too, I forget if- Is Uncharted overrated when we do something like that? I don't think it was, I think it might've been before that, where I think this might've been pre-Janet, where we're both like, if they didn't make a new Uncharted, I'd be fine with it. Like, I don't need a new Uncharted from Naughty Dog. Like, I hope their next game isn't Uncharted. And I, I still stand by that. And, you know, I don't want a new Uncharted anytime soon from Naughty Dog. If it is another studio- that is mostly working on it with collaboration from Naughty Dog to like, you know, they uh, make sure they have everything right in terms of what uh, Uncharted is. Yeah. And like, you know, sharing ideas, sharing assets, all that stuff, right? I'm more okay with that. Meanwhile, Naughty Dog is working on their own thing, whether it be Factions, a new game, Last of Us, or whatever it is, right? I'm totally down with another studio working on Uncharted because it has been since we're talking, uh, since the last game, the last new game, five years, which doesn't feel like a long time, but I think is a long time, especially when we're talking about an IP that is big and i think is fruitful is uncharted like uncharted is an ip that for playstation i think they still want to get more out of it and that's obvious based on the fact that we have a movie right yeah. they're like yo let's put out an uncharted movie i think that being the case and with it being a business still like five years is a while for that ip to be on ice and of course you know we've had ports we've had collections we have we've had all that stuff but i think you know if this new team is working on an uncharted and let's say that game is two to three years away. You know, we're talking about 2024, 2025 for maybe a next new Uncharted game. And let's say it's the game you're talking about that is, you know, let's pick up from Uncharted 4. Let's have it be not Nathan Drake. Let's have it be maybe a different duo or like characters connected, but not necessarily Nate and Soli. You know, I think if you're going that direction and having it be this new idea, this new take, this new step for Uncharted, um, I could see 2024, 2025 being the right amount of time. Mm. You know, at that point we're talking about since Lost Legacy, you know, that's 2017 to 2025. That's like eight years. Yeah. For me, that's, that sounds about right. I feel, for me, that's like a good, all right, it's time. I just feel it's such a, you know, you can slice it either way. And what PlayStation are we dealing with? And yada, yada, yada. But like, I want people to be hungry for uncharted and i mm -hmm. feel like honestly the more time that has passed the more critical people have become of uncharted mm -hmm. in terms of oh it wasn't that great and you know one of these reasons of course is that the last of us is last of us part one and last of us part two you know what i mean and are those games inarguably probably better as story and gameplay and a million other things probably right maybe not in giant set pieces and things like that and there's you know i love uncharted but i feel like I just don't feel like time has been kind so far to Uncharted. And I mm -hmm. think that like if you could give it more time, that would be great. But I also think it's this weird double-edged sword, because even as those words leave my mouth that time hasn't been unkind to, or time hasn't been kind to them, I still think that if you were to come out and be like, hey everybody, Uncharted's back, and it's this collaboration with uh, this new team at Visual Arts and Naughty Dog, I think immediately people are gonna start loading their guns of well, it's not just Naughty Dog. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's gonna get back into Gun Uncharted Golden Abyss with Sony Bend, right? where that game never had a fair shake for a number of reasons, but like move 
remove the fact that it's a Vita game and it had to use all these like different, you know, touch and the light and all this and rubbing the screen and all that shit. Like it was also just not a Naughty Dog game, which is fine, but maybe not when Naughty Dog is the people who set the bar for all these things and what adventure games were and really mm-hmm. changed the face of PlayStation in terms of what a PlayStation Studios game is, right? Which is this usually first per- or uh, I'm sorry, single player game that is narrative driven that has these big moments. And then to go, okay, well, it's a business and it is. And of course, PlayStation wants to make money. They do. It is also that thing of I still think Naughty Dog has so much power that they can say yes or no to people doing stuff with their games. And I would say that if they're not 100% behind it, then it wouldn't happen. And if they weren't 100%, if they were 100% behind it, I would think they'd want to do it. And so what the collaboration is, that's a question mm-hmm. of it, right? And you also look at PlayStation's, you know, lineup and what they do, right? And it's like I, I, I want to point to Sucker Punch and be like, well, Ghost of Tsushima, right? That was a, a new IP that they got to chase, but it wasn't like Infamous was Uncharted, right? And even ending Nathan Drake's story with Uncharted, like they didn't have to do that. They could have kept, they could have left it open and it could have been Indiana Jones where it's just, you know, every game ends fine and you don't have to tie them all together. Where The Last of Us is going, like there's so much happening right now, even with Horizon, if you want to talk to about an IP that they're still, you know, going to not milk, that sounds bad, but put into every different property they can, like, is Uncharted just a victim of it came early, kind of set the pace for all this, and then other PlayStation IPs outpaced it? And now, even though they're trying to catch up with the movie, is the game done? Because even if you were to say, okay, cool, we're making a new Uncharted, and guess what? It's picking up where Uncharted 4 left, and it's this. That doesn't help the per- person who goes and sees Uncharted 2 with Tom Holland. And they're like, man, I want to play as Nathan Drake. And they come and they pick up a new game, like, oh, this isn't Nathan Drake. This is some other character. Like, they're in this yeah. weird situation. That's where the Uncharted One Two Three remake comes comes by. Oh out by God, them. here we go. Yeah. And I think you're ma- I think you're making very good points. I think the thing that I come around with still is that for PlayStation, I think they look at Naughty Dog as kind of their north star, which is, hey, this is our you know idealized studio, yeah. right? These are the kind of games we want to make. These are the IPs we want to work with, right? And I think that comes in the form of Last of Us, that comes in the form of Uncharted. And to your point of Naughty Dog. I think does have that same kind of creative control where it is. If Naughty Dog wants to do whatever, PlayStation will probably let them because they have that kind of trust in Naughty Dog. I do think that, you know, I would imagine that right now Naughty Dog is working on, well, we know they're working on factions, and I think they'll probably also be working on a new IP or maybe something else next in, in, last, in the Last of Us ecosystem. I do yeah. not think they're working on Uncharted right now for the reasons that we're talking about in terms of, you know, like they've done so much Uncharted, and right now I think what's more exciting and hot for them would be for them to work on new stuff and maybe more Last of Us stuff. But I don't, I don't know if they would want to work on more Uncharted right now, right? I, I don't th- think they would. Yeah. I don't think they would. But I don't, and I, but I also don't know if they would be like, "Hey, PlayStation, don't make more Uncharted." I, I, I think if PlayStation came to Naughty Dog and they sat down and have a, had a conversation of how do we get more Uncharted out the door, or can we get more Uncharted out the door without you guys putting too much of your focus on Uncharted? I would think that Naughty Dog would be like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll collaborate with another studio. But here's my thing is I feel like in that conversation, how can we get more Uncharted out the door? I have to imagine at Naughty Dog in that meeting room, Herman's like, hey, guys, how can we get more Uncharted out the door? Mm -hmm. Neil and Evan would have to – they would not – I think they would not be able to hide their disgust Mm -hmm. at the the thought of just getting it out the fucking door, right? Like, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Like, that's how God of War Ascension got out the door. That's yeah. how Jack and da- Daxter, the Lost Frontier, got out the door. Like, it, so it is that idea of like, I think Uncharted means something to them. I don't know necessarily. We're not on the inside. If they want to make more of that, I would 
think no, because of course you want to move on. You want to, you want to create new worlds and things like that. But I think again, you'd want to leave it there so that one day when you could come back one day, when you have something to say, it would matter. Cause that's my, and I, I'm doing the idealized God bless them. Please uh, from my mouth to Shuhei's ear. One day PSX comes back. God, hopefully. And you know what I mean? Like, Imagine if it was you're all in a room and yeah, it's been it's been it's been a long time, right? Long since, wait. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, since we saw Uncharted, right? And since we and it, and it is just that it's the so PlayStation Studios logo, it's the Naughty Dog logo, and then it is just the you know, or not even that probably. It's just somebody doing some adventuring thing, and then it is an an old Nate Drake taking over as you know Sully. And being like, I'm not even aping The Last of Us. Are you sure you want to do this, kid, or whatever the fuck? You know what I mean? And it is uncharted at the end. Like, the place would be go crazy, right? Because it, it needs that soft reboot, I think, that God of War got, right? And when you look at God of War, right, you're talking about God of War 3 coming out in 2010, God of War coming out in 2018. Yes, I'm, a, I'm skipping Ascension because that's not really what we're counting, right, in terms of the God of War world. But there's a reason we all pop so hard for Kratos, right, when he walked into the light. Like, it was like, holy shit, that's amazing. And it was, like, clearly different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you were to come out right now and be like, it's been five years, and we are going back into the Uncharted thing, it's like, okay, but what are you saying with it? What are you doing with it? Why are we coming back to it? And I'm, of course, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a big idiot, as you know. So I'm sure maybe Naughty Dog, maybe Visual Arts, maybe just somebody who's in school right now learning how to develop video games and will eventually work at Naughty Dog, will have that idea and will be like, this is what we're doing. But I just don't think that if you were to come back and be like, Uncharted is back. It is Pulp Adventure. It is it just, the bullet points wouldn't hit the same way, right? It, wouldn't, it just wouldn't hit the same way. Yeah. I hear you. I'm right, I'm right there with you. But I'm, I, I'm at the same place where I'm like, I'm curious to see what those bullet points would be, right? Like, and that's I wanna, why I, I would know, want it just to cook and keep like, and let it go. It's, I mean, honestly, in a, in a different way, you're in the same conversation with Tomb Raider. Where it's like, mm. we know Crystal Dynamics is making another Tomb Raider, right? We know Crystal Dynamics, uh, of course, you know, uh, stepped on the rake, every rake they had in their, their arsenal for Avengers. We know that, you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was uh, one that was co-developed, right? It, yeah. was, uh, it was up in Canada, and it was happening at Crystal, and that one wasn't well-received. And so now they are going back, and it's like, great, but what are you going to say? What are you going to do that just isn't? It's Lara Croft doing mm. shit again, and she's the seasoned Tomb Raider now. And it's like, okay. Uh. I guess my other thing too is, you know, you talk about the gap between God of War three and God of War uh, reboot 2018. twenty eighteen, right? And that was about eight years between between those games. We're coming up on that with Uncharted. Yeah. You know, again, twenty seventeen for Uncharted: Lost Legacy, and I, it's. I was gonna make the Ascension comparison and say like, oh yeah, and like that was a spinoff. Lost Legacy way better than Ascension. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to go back to Uncharted Four, right? Like you're talking about 2016 since Uncharted Four, and it, it's been six, yeah, six years. Yeah. A couple, a couple years from now, we're gonna hit that eight year mark. And, and a couple years from now, we're pretty close to that PS6. So why not just let it? Pretty, keep? Why not pretty let close it keep? to the PS6. Why not let it keep? That's honestly. Now that you make that argument, I, I, I can see it, right? Like, I just think how like, far you're talking is about, PlayStation 6 really? And that's, and that's legitimately where it is and like what you have to do and you know, what kind of technology you're pushing for and yada, yada, and other things. But again, I think if you did a PlayStation 6 reveal event, not even live, you're doing it all on camera or whatever, and mm -hmm. one of the trailers you put in there was this new Uncharted. Fire. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, one day I want a new Uncharted. Maybe not today, but do you know what I want today? I want you to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. You know what I have? No, besides a game award, life insurance. 
I want to make sure that if anything happens to me, my family is taken care of. And you should do the same. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now is the time to buy. I didn't get my first life insurance policy until Ben was born, but it feels great knowing that no matter what, Jen and him are going to be okay no matter what. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. And your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Hosted by friend of the show, Felicia Day, and several special guests, they provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you don't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Greg, we have breaking news, but before we get there, you got an unscientific poll. Yeah, when we were talking about Uncharted, I put up a poll on my Twitter. Do you want a new Uncharted? And I meant to tell everybody to go vote, but I kind of blanked on it. But I assume everybody, you know, look at my Twitter all the time. Turn on notifications, ring the bell. Uh, I said, do you want a new Uncharted? And 59.5 said yes. But still very close. Oh. Good news, everybody. There you go. Some Thank people you. want a new Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we got breaking news. We got a Dragon Age update. This came in a form of a Twitter post uh, from both Bioware and Dragon Age. They did one of those collab Twitter posts that you can do now uh, where they tweeted out, the Dragon Age team is incredibly excited to announce a huge step forward in development. Hashtag Dreadwolf. Uh, I go to their website where they have a press release that reads like this. Hello. In my last blog, back in February, I talked about the next Dragon Age game entering the production phase. Well, we've come a very long way since then, and the team is incredibly happy to announce a huge step forward in the development of the game you, you now know as Dragon Age Dreadwolf. We have just completed our alpha milestone. Up to this point, we've been working hard on the various parts of the game, but it's not until the alpha milestone that a game all comes together. Now, for the first time, we can experience the entire game from the opening scenes of the first mission to the very end. We see, hear, feel, and play everything as a cohesive experience. Now what? Of course, the game is not finished by any means, but Alpha is one of the most important game development milestones for a number of reasons. First and foremost, honestly, I'm looking through this. I'm like, does any of this matter for us? Mainly the name, right, in Alpha. I think that's all. If you want more, yeah. you can go there. But the fact that you know it's Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, and they are in Alpha. All right. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And then right here, in closing, of course, Dreadwolf isn't the only thing happening here at Bio Bioware. Uh, Anthem! We have a team. <laughs> we're working on Anthem 2. It's coming, everybody. Uh, we have a team hard at work at envisioning the future, the future, envisioning what the future holds for a new single-player Mass Effect game. And we look forward to celebrating our community on N7 Day next month. 
Oh, that's exciting. Uh, the Swole Tour team, that's Star Wars The Old Republic, also continues to work on their next update. So keep an eye on SwoleTour.com. Just, just a heads up for you. People what call up? it Sweater, we found out when we were all Oh, Sweater. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Uh, sweater.com. And their social media accounts for any and all details. Just go there if you want to know more. But cool. Dragon yeah. Age. It's coming along nicely. Totally. Yeah, I know how many Dragon Age fans are out there. It never was one that clicked for me necessarily. But obviously, Bioware has eaten a truckload of humble pie yeah. so i'd imagine if they're coming back with this they're coming back and they're trying to be hey we are bioware you know i mean we're granted you know turnover and yada yada but this is what bioware is known for right like great rpgs great stories great relationships mm -hmm. great companions uh i'm interested to see what they do with this i am cautiously optimistic for this generation's big western rpgs sure because i've yeah, talked Starfield, about it before yeah. you know between what i call the big three now right but there's the bioware cd project red they all took massive l's in the last <laughs> generation if you're talking about you know fallout 76 yep, yep, yep. and uh you know cyberpunk 2077 and anthem and mass effect andromeda right like these developers that during the era before that were known as like oh these are they are untouchable they're untouchable they these are, are the cream best of the ones. crop yeah, like, yeah they are they are out there killing it all took absolute l's and now they're all working on projects that I think, you know, excite us, right? Like we have, there's a Bethesda story in here later that is not about the project, but it's about a different project. Um, but, you know, we're talking about Dragon Age and Mass Effect right now, and they're saying the right things. I hope they're able to put out the right project, right? Same with um, uh, what we were just talking about with CD Projekt Red in terms of, oh, yeah, Witcher Remake is a great idea. Okay, cool. You got a Witcher next um, iteration coming up. Awesome. Okay, you got more Cyberpunk. Hopefully it's great, you know? Like, I, if all these projects hit, which is a tall order, but if all these projects, it was that fucking. I think we're, we asked for it. And I think Barrett's already working on it. What, ladies and gentlemen, calling in via codec, it's Jeff Grubb from GiantBomb.com. Holy hey shit. boys, uh, figured I'd call in. I want to talk about Dragon Age real quick. You guys uh, want to know about when that's coming? I, I got. I looked into yeah. this a little bit this morning. So, uh, well, I, hold on, I hold on, Jeff Grubb. You went through it this morning. Where did you go through it? Uh, oh, okay. If, yeah, uh, these nuts. What is this joke? What are you setting me up for? I'm setting you up <laughs> to like promote your fucking show, you idiot. Where do you talk I, in no, the morning and people can watch and listen? I didn't know. I, this happened after game last morning. It's like all news does because I do it too early, like a fool. So it's my own fault. That's the secret. Uh, 10 a.m. But you don't want to go up against us, Jeff. Yeah, Let me tell you. Go watch game last mornings in the morning, everybody, over on GiantBomb.com. Uh, thanks for that, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's still not coming to at least the later part of next year at the earliest. Okay. I, based on mm. them coming out with saying this is the alpha right now, seems like they're setting themselves up for a little bit longer. So I wouldn't expect it before, uh, you know, holiday next year, but probably going to go into 2024 at this point is what I'm expecting and what I'm hearing. Uh, but they still think eternally it's possible next holiday. It's, it's still on the table at least. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so awesome. much, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Bye boys. Love it. I love it. This God is the damn it, show Round of applause. That was fantastic, gentlemen. Kevin's Holy on shit. vacation. They're trying to set up a stream. Mike's sick. Barrett's still I mean, out uh, here Jeff, making my dreams. Jeff came in with that. Okay, he was the one with all the codec noises and stuff. Well, so I'm giving was, you the credit. Um, fuck, fuck Jeff. Fuck <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're running along the show. We're having a great and time. Now. We're having a great time. And like, I could move on to the next news story, but I do want to pose the question because I think it is still a fascinating question. Do we see the big three come back? Do we see all these next projects from these big three Western RPG developers actually hit? Being Starfield, um, uh, Dragon Age, slash Mass Effect, and uh, the CD Projekt Red slate. Does uh, all that shit hit? Uh, see, now, ooh, you say the slate where it gets confusing for CD Projekt Red. Mm -hmm. Let's say for CD Projekt Red, the big next Witcher game, and maybe the big next Cyberpunk game. Let's focus on those two. Okay, I would say for CD Projekt, 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a, uh, you know, this is a prediction thing, right? In terms of the Greg Miller certainty, I would put that at near 100%. Because I do mm-hmm. think that CD Projekt it has been an incredibly talented developer. They've been good to their audience for forever. That was their whole shtick. And when Witcher 3 was their big moment, it was great. And then hubris, everything else, technology, uh, you know, just a bunch of bad decisions from the top fucked cyberpunk, right? And I think that that hurt them so much. And I don't even mean in their pocketbooks. I mean, just as their reputation that they are all very well aware, we cannot fuck this up. We cannot make these mistakes again. We need to do right by everybody. Maybe I'm just, you know, believing in the good of people and what I want it to be and yada, yada, yada. But that's what I truly believe. And I think that those people will deliver on those games. Mm-hmm. To clarify, because I mean, Chaz, like when you say hit, do you mean launch on time or good? I mean, are they good? Are yeah, they qual- just good the quality, quality games? Yeah, 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 they live exactly. up to expectation. Uh, Bioware, I would say, uh, is the next one I'm the, I'm the next most confident in, if that makes sense, where mm-hmm. it's like, it's a similar story there where it's like, Bioware has tumbled down the hill after being just the golden RP, Western RPG studio, right? Where they could do no wrong. Everybody was so happy with them and so happy with Mass Effect and yada, yada, yada. There's been so much turnover and so much turmoil over there. That's where you get into, well, okay, I don't know, you know, what's going on. I do know that the talent they would attract are the people who grew up on Mass Effect, right? Who mm-hmm. cut their teeth on that, who played those and loved those games. And Dragon Age as well. And so you'd imagine they want to come out and hit on that too. But... Can they? I don't know. And that's a different thing. And that's also hard for me to do since I'm not a Dragon Age person, right? And then Starfield, I would put at not my least confident, but in terms of this, I guess, the thing of where I am still the one of just like, okay. Like, I feel like we still don't know that much about that game. And that's crazy that we are almost playing it this year, right? That almost happened, theoretically. Mm -hmm. And we've had that one demo, right? That was both endearing to some and off-putting to others where it was like oh this kind of just looks like no man's sky but what is the thing and it is that idea of like okay like they have not the most to prove i don't think that because all three of these developers have something to prove but they're trying to prove it with a new ip they're trying to come out and be like listen you just know that we can make awesome rpgs whether it's fall or skyrim and now we're going to space and doing that and it's like awesome, but you were starting with a you started with a blank slate here, and now we need to know what that's actually going to look like. And so it it has the most to prove in that sense because I feel like it has the most question marks of its, yeah. of its Fallout in space. It, okay, but then you showed the demo, and it didn't really look like Fallout in space necessarily. I almost feel like Bethesda has the most to lose because when you're talking about you know how much they have to prove, you know, you look at the previous games for both Bioware and for CD Projekt. You know, Cyberpunk was hugely anticipated and let so many people down. Mass Effect and Drama and Anthem even more so anticipated lets so many people down with bethesda in terms of misses you're mainly talking about fallout 76 which i don't think had that much anticipation to begin with like a lot of people wanted it to be but that was the part of the problem too right where it was like not only was there no anticipation for fallout 76 there was the knee-jerk action announcement of like this isn't what we want yeah you know what i mean like it's like you talk about eroding your reputation and not listening to your audience in a certain way exactly and you're also talking about before that fallout 4 which came out and was good but didn't set the world on fire the way that previous Fallout games did, right? Yeah. But that wasn't a complete miss from Bethesda. You know, so many people, including me, played Fallout 4 and absolutely loved it. So with their next game, I think with, with Starfield, it is kind of their game to lose right now, which is, all right, is this the one that ends up being your cyberpunk? Is this the one where we play and we're like, oh, man, Bethesda's lost it? Or is it the one that reminds us, like, no, okay, they're solid. Like, they know how to make good games. Fallout 76, which is bad because it had bad direction and vision and was just a different thing from what they usually do. But when they get back to the fundamentals of what they're known for, maybe they can make good stuff. It's And that's my thing where 
I'm not worried about it being a Bethesda game that, and this, you know, I'm not even making a joke, that doesn't run well or is broken or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about it being interesting and delivering on that. And you figure, again, they're in such an interesting spot of setting themselves up against Obsidian, right? Who some people would argue made the best uh, Fallout game with New Vegas, right? And then, of course, Obsidian made The Outer Worlds, right? And a lot of yeah. people adored that, and that was what they wanted. It was Fallout in space. And so now you have them doing, well, now we're doing this, and it's, you know, the insane amount of planets that are out there and that you can go do and all this stuff on. It's like, all right, cool, but am I going to land on those planets and they're pretty empty and boring? Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be the, we understand that, but we're going to patch that in or that's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, where are we going with this and what's it actually going to be? They have, there's so many unanswered questions there. Yeah. And to, you know, there's so many times I mentioned that, like, you know, Fallout 4 is a huge success, right? And I'm not saying that it wasn't, but I think when you take it, you compare it to something like Skyrim. Skyrim set the world on fire. Fallout, Fallout 3. 3 set the world on fire. Fallout New Vegas, which is Obsidian, set the world on fire. Or at least, like, set the hardcore audience on fire, right? People love New Vegas. Whereas Fallout 4 came out, and I think the reaction to it mostly was, hell yeah, like a new Bethesda game. More Fallout. It's fun, but it's more Fallout, right? And that's something that worked for what it was and something that I love because I love Fallout. But wasn't something that necessarily I don't think set the world on fire the way that uh, previous Bethesda games will uh, or did. But enough about that. I digress. We'll have to see how that comes out next year. Starfield. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm super jazzed for oh, it yeah. too. Like I'm. Uh, yeah. I. I yes. It, when Bethesda's like we are doing a single player open world game. Like yeah, fuck yeah, let's oh, yeah. go. Let's see what's up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Story number three. Capcom is flourishing. This comes from Oisin. I'm going to say Kunke, uh, apologies if I mispronounced that, at GameSpot. Capcom has posted its latest quarterly earnings, showing that Monster Hunter Rise is continuing to sell well. The developers shared the news that Monster Hunter Rise has sold more than 11 million units worldwide, which it reported back in August, and, and the DLC expansion Sunbreak has now hit 4.4 million units sold, an increase of about 400,000 since the same month. Resident Evil 2 Remake is also confirmed to have sold more than 10 million units. Players also shouldn't expect any new release prior to Resident Evil 4 Remake's release in March next year, uh, as, that, as, that's the biggest, as that's the big upcoming title for the developer. Capcom did also report that it's on track to achieve 10 consecutive years of operating income growth, but the latest quarter did report another decline, with net sales being down 29.9% year-over-year and operating income down by 24.3% year-over-year. I got some bullet points from Nibel, which basically um, encompass all the things we just talked about, right? Some highlights from Capcom's newest financial report. Monster Hunter Rise has surpassed 11 million units. RE2 has surpassed 10 million units. No big release before RE4 in March, and Capcom expects to sell 40 million games next year due to growing catalog sales. And the big thing I want to highlight here is the fact that we're getting no big Capcom release before Resident Evil 4 in March. Because that means, Greg, that Street Fighter 6 is not coming before oh, Resident no! Evil 4 in March, which goes against my prediction of, oh, man, that game surely has to be coming in January, February. Because playing that closed beta... You thought it was... If, like, you're like, you could have shipped this. You yeah, like, yeah. that game feels so ready. Um, and, of course, take your time with it. Don't rush it. You know, do all the things you need to do. But goddamn, do I want that game right now. I'm ready for it. But we'll have to wait until post-March, apparently. Okay. You can make it. I think there's going to be enough games out next spring that you'll be probably okay. Uh, seemingly, yeah. We might talk. I forget if I have that in my. There's, a, there's more games that were announced for um, Great. around that. Awesome. Yeah, around that um, period. So we'll see. Story number four. Hideo Kojima claims his new game is like a new medium. Uh, this is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Hideo Kojima has claimed that one of his next games is like a new medium. Speaking in a new interview with The Guardian, the director spoke briefly about one of his upcoming projects. Quote, 
It's almost like a new medium, Kojima said about one Stop of the upcoming medium. Uh, uh, <laughs> games. Mean, you think he means like medium, the video game, the one that yes. Greg Miller really likes? Oh, man. Oh, He's making God. it I don't no. really like it. Quote, if this succeeds, it'll turn things around, not just in the games industry, but in the movie industry as well. End quote. I'm gonna end. The, I'm gonna end the story there because I think that's the. That's Remember what really he need. said with Death Stranding before. You're already uh, playing it. Yeah, you're already playing. You're it. already playing it. I he was right. Connecting, connecting with Hideo each other. Kojima. All right. Listen, did he lie about Death Stranding? Was that not a different genre than what we had played before? Did that game? Did not? Did that game? Was that game not a strand game? I think it was. It was a strand. It game. was a strand. You game. created that right there. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Here. God, we're long in the show. Here's the thing. Here's the question I want to throw at you though. Yeah. Right. Kojima right now is in his phase with promoting his new games where he's talking about how they're gonna be new genres and shit right which if you go back to death stranding that was like the year before death stranding where he started getting into that talk death stranding came out 2019 four years after mgs5 sure right it's been three years since death stranding do you think kojima's game kojima's next project is on the verge of coming out in the next year or so oh man i don't think it's preposterous I mean, he's already got all the stuff with Elle Fanning going, right? Where he's showing her off and saying, hey, she's in the game and this is what's going to... Like, I mean, this already seems like it'd be building to the, uh, you know, foregone conclusion that a Game Awards do something right with Jeff. Obviously, uh, Jeff and Kojima uh, so close. Um, do you think we get a Game Awards trailer that ends with 2023? No, I don't think, no. That, I don't think you do. But I, I think maybe they're trying to do 2023, but I just don't think they'd put the date on there until they're confident about it. Do you think you get a, you think you get a Game Awards trailer? I think we get a Game Awards trailer for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm with. I don't know about 2023. I think I could see them putting it on there and it shifting into 2024 for whatever reason. But yeah, yeah I think I'm like 80 percent sure we see a Game Awards trailer for Kojima's new thing. Because I think the next thing uh, he's been doing all these seasons, right? It was the Who Am I, Where Am I? Yeah, I, I forget if Where Am I was the last one or if it, it is. Up yeah. to When Am I at this point? How no. Am I? TGS Who L. Packs, where, and then a question mark. Question, mark. question marks, question marks. And question I think mark. the where might be the game awards. That might be the answer to where. Okay. We'll have to okay. wait and see. Story number five Rocksteady's co founders are leaving the studio. This Outrageous. is Danielle Pardis at GamesIndustry.biz. Rocksteady has announced that studio co founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker are set to leave the studio at the end of the year. The news was shared in an announcement by WB Games president David Haddad, who said that the pair will begin a, quote, new adventure in gaming together, end quote. Following their departure, Rocksteady founding member and director of production Nathan Burlow will become studio director and Darius Tedesian uh, will become studio production director. Hill and Walker co-founded the company in 2004, which is best known for the Batman Arkham game series, as well as the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Quote, our decision to leave Rocksteady was emotional, to say the least, the pair said in a joint statement. Quote, from the day we founded the company in 2004 all the way to today, Rocksteady has been our life and soul. Now, with Suicide Squad in safe hands and the team here stronger than ever, it's time to hand over the reins and for us to start a new adventure together in games. Brillo added, quote, having worked with Jamie and Sefton as one of the founding members of the studio, I want to thank them for creating what I consider to be one of the best game development studios in the industry. It's been an absolute pleasure to work alongside them, and I wish them all the very best in the future, end quote. In 2018, a report from The Guardian unveiled a repeated pattern of misconduct at Rocksteady. Ten women at the studio co-signed a letter addressed to the studio heads that detailed poor treatment of women, sexual harassment, and derogatory speech towards minorities, which allegedly went unaddressed. Last month, former Rocksteady scriptwriter Kim 
Mick Askill, uh, shared that the studio offered to pay her to resolve complaints from her tenure at the company, but refused to apologize for any wrongdoing. Greg, what are your thoughts on the story? Well, I mean, there's two parts to it, right? Obviously, them leaving and then the hanging question right of well is this actually related to the kim stuff right because mm-hmm. we talk about it being in 2018 but last month is when it got kicked back up right of she had a twitter thread if i remember correct that was like i don't want money i just want an apology i just want people to understand and not have to work this way which of course you know we 100 percent support so like it is this weird one of like well how much is that and is this that and like did they get forced out or are they leaving of their own volition because it is you know such a a gaming PR release, right? Of like they're going out to have a new adventure in gaming together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. But you know what I mean. And so, it's not insane because we've seen it so many times or whatever. But it is that thing of like it totally taints this in them leaving. Of what 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 is it actually? You know what I mean? Is it related to that? Is it that they mismanaged it? Is it that they were the you know studio heads that are mentioned here because they were the heads of the studio like. And if so, is it a force thing? Is it them leaving? Is it WB doing it? Like, there's just a million different questions that kick up a fog around this of what it is. What it is is like when I you when I was getting I was talking to Mike who's sick today and planning on moving the X cast, and I was talking to Gary about where we could do it and yada yada. And that's when it, I I glanced at Slack and I was like, holy shit, Sefton left Rocksteady. You know what I mean? Because like. Sefton Hill has been in uh, no, not saying anything away from Jamie Walker, but I feel like at least in my experience with Rocksteady, Sefton's been out in front so many times, right? And so the fact that like, oh my gosh, he's leaving before they ship Suicide Squad, you know what I mean? Granted, yeah, it's in good hands and yada yada yada, but it's like usually people want to see that project all the way through, mm-hmm. and when you see someone leave before, then you have to go hmm, and the, whatever they were getting, it's like a hmm thing. So it's like this weird one of wow. Sefton Hill, I think, has been synonymous with Rocksteady, right? But now leaving, you're like, that's, wow. But then it is, uh, was it related to this and what is it? So it's this complicated thing of what exactly is going on over there. What does that mean? Like, what is the, the climate right now? What is the read of staff over there? There are a lot of questions that yeah. I imagine Jason Schreier is trying to get to the bottom of right now. Yeah, it reminds me of the conversation we were having yesterday with me and Tim about the Disco Elysium stuff of how sure. devs are suing the, um, the, the studio right, or the company that now holds Disco Elysium. It's that thing of, you know, you almost you don't want to speculate because yeah. you really don't know what's going on behind yeah. those doors. And, you know, a number of people could be in, in the wrong or not in the wrong. And you don't want to just throw shade at, like, just whoever um but you sit here and you just hope for the best for everybody you know you hope that when they say they're going on a new gaming adventure that that's more of a positive thing than a negative thing sure it's hard to read story number six we have our first look at the fallout tv show uh there was a tweet that went up on i believe it was amazon twitter it's opening right now prime video prime video on yeah prime video uh tweeted out congratulations and happy 25th birthday we made something special for the occasion right so i'm talking about fallout's 25th birthday and they share this first screenshot from the fallout tv show and i've been looking for a reason to talk about this tv show i feel like we never get any details that are newsworthy enough walter goggins come on and the roper report but like i'm so excited for this yeah you know this could be a lot of fun i think it's uh, could be a huge bomb of course like anything else but like of course the idea of this and Walter Goggins, who I love, of course, from Righteous Gemstones, from Invincible. Uh, the idea is so great because the Fallout idea is so great. All these shelters, you go in and you come out and you're going to repopulate it, but you come out and guess what? The world's completely fucked up. Yeah. And like, what do you do with all these people who were up there before and how do you integrate to society? And like, just seeing the jumpsuits there is so cool. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Emily Rose. Fallout 76 tonight. 
Let's <laughs> not. Let's <laughs> not I was talking to my friend Emily Rose, formerly of G4, about Fallout, because she loves Fallout, right? And she mentioned that, like, you know, her idea of what the show could be could maybe be a an anthology style. Each episode is a different vault, which I think would be fucking genius to do. And she made that observation on her Twitter where, you know, in this screenshot that, we're, that we saw from the Amazon Twitter post, it is them wearing vault. 33 um uh vault suits right or jumpsuits uh but in previous leaked photos there's hints that like oh man this is vault 32 right and so maybe we're getting multiple vaults in this tv sure. show oh i definitely think you will is yeah. there any indication of uh through the lore and stuff like that through the games of with, what those vaults are yeah like where those vaults are <sighs> I don't know. Or have they said previously, like where in the, uh, lot, the country is this is the this is a job for the wiki? Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. That's their you're job. wrong. Yeah, yeah some nerds know. know it's always that. like side deep side quest shit that'll go into different vaults and like what their nature uh, of is. Like cause vault sixty nine was like what one dude <laughs> and nice. the rest women. Right, each vault is like its own fucking weird social experiment, which is part of why we love Fallout is the fact that it's so goofy. And so thirty three is completely new, says Jeff Grubb. People will say, yeah, 33 and 32 are new vaults, is what Chad is saying. And so, like, that's exciting, right? Get creative with it. Make 33 a vault where, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't man. know. I, I'm, not, I'm not creative. I'm not a writer on Fallout. I think if, if 33 is the one you're going to be set on, then I think it's just a normal vault. A normal vault. vault? Yeah. There's yeah. no such thing as a normal vault in Fallout. That's true. It'd be some weird fucked up shit. Except that one, you know. Except, except what, vault one? No, there, there, there's one where it was, like, pretty normal, right? I don't know if there is. Uh, I forget what Vault 101's thing was. Uh, Vault 111, I think they just froze everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the, the one from Fallout 3, like, they were definitely doing some science stuff, but, like, they're at least, like, living. There was, like, a little, uh, at least they had, like, a little mini society still going on and shit, you know? I guess some people were saying, in chat are saying, like, some vaults were control vaults, right? Yes. Because you want to have the control. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that makes sense, I guess. I can't wait for this show. Uh, I hope it's good. <laughs> Story number seven, Wolong Fallen Dynasty has a date. This comes directly from the Wolong Fallen, Fallen Dynasty Twitter, where they tweeted out that the game will be available on March 3rd, 2023. And I'm very excited Woo! about that. That Wolong game, that demo, was fire. A lot of people love this demo. Yeah, it was a really great demo. So much so that I went and downloaded Neo 2. Still haven't played it because review season, yeah. but I can't wait to. Greg? I can't wait for Wolong Fallen Dynasty, but March 3rd is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to my own grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. That's the only one that works. I don't know why. Oh, the fog machine's dying. I give them six months. We're already in week two and they're already fucking up. Maybe it's out of juice. I got plenty of juice over there. Go grab the juice. Make vault. Go look at the juice. You keep reading stuff. Cool. Vault 33, make it a vault where they... Make Doctor Seuss books the religious texts, you know. No, I I'll give you some that. fucking wild I shit. Give <laughs> so some fucking much. wild but shit. But that that I, I like that idea, but I hate it at the same time. <laughs> it was the uh, green eggs and ham. Like they're made to, to believe that like that's a real thing. There's juice in there. All right. Well, that's. Uh... But it's like below the like the nozzle. But I think this one is too. Hit him again. Just what if we're see. in a simulation? What if we're in Wall Thirty Three right now? That'd be awesome. I'll never tell you. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, out today. If you want the other fog machine to turn on, go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. <laughs> Frog Detective 3, Corruption at Cowboy County for PC, Ghost of Dragon for PC, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Wanderer of the Rift DLC for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. 
and then Robotry for PC via Steam, Xbox One, Series X, and Switch. New dates for you. Lunastis, a 3D platformer created with simple but fun gameplay in mind, inspired by the PSX slash Sega Saturn era, developed by Grumpy Fox, will be released on November 10th for PC and Nintendo Switch. And then Pixel 3 uh, explodes onto PC. <laughs> <laughs> PC, Switch, and Xbox Series X on November 14th. You gotta love... Pixel. Uh, it sounds like I'd get I'd get a Happy Meal and inside would be a QR code that would get me Pixel <laughs> on my Nintendo Switch. Literally, right before the show, I told Barrett that they call me Poppy. <laughs> and I did. Here's my it. McDonald's orders. Uh, deal of the day for you. The PS Plus essential lineup for November has been officially confirmed by PlayStation. Uh, we got, of course, we're getting Neo 2, Lego Harry Potter collection, and Heavenly Bodies. Well, it was yesterday. It was leaked by Deal Labs. Always leaks and always which leaks. Which brings me to a question, and we don't have to answer this now. But do you want me to report both times when the Deal Labs leak comes through? Because that's always the day before the actual uh, PlayStation confirms it. And so I'm always reporting on these things twice. Chat, do you want me to skip the Deal Labs thing or just skip the official wow. Wow. announcement? Let me know, because the leaks are never wrong. We've confirmed this now. <laughs> leaks are never wrong. <laughs> the, deal, the Deal Labs PlayStation Plus leaks, at least. It's Jim Ryan himself leaking it. Let me know. Uh, we're going to skip Reader Mail. Well, we're not going to skip Reader Mail, because there is one thing I want clarification on, because I feel like we're getting new viewers every single day on the show now that we're in the studio. Damp Carrots writes in and says, what is a grop shop? And then also, why is it a baker's dozen when it's never 13 items on the Roper Report? Greg, what is your quick summation on that whole situation? Uh, so the Grop Shop is that it's, of course, mom and pop shops. Mom, what's coming to the mom and pop shops is what I used to say on Beyond, right? And then, as always, I flubbed words and said Grop, and we all thought it was hilarious, so we stuck around with that. And then Baker's Dozen was the fact that on Beyond, when Colin would gather up news stories, he would put way too many in. It would be like 15 items or whatever, right? And so then I was all, we used to argue about if they should stay or not. And then I would start saying when the number, I'd ask how many are on there, and then I would do Baker's Dozen. And then when it actually is Baker's Dozen, I wouldn't say Baker's Dozen. But then here we'd just do it, and we've never actually hit 13. Well, I shouldn't say that. We, I, to my knowledge, chat, I don't remember. But I don't think we've ever actually hit 13 no, stories we, on a Roper Report. We have. On KFGD. We have. Have we said Baker's Dozen then? Because um, that's forget. like that's one it of those things. That's, the, like, that's a Greg the, Miller thing. Yeah, so I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to. I, I don't have that it in was the a fucking Jared notes. Petty episode. I remember listening to it. Oh, oh Jared Petty. Was, yeah, was, Jared Petty. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't even start on this. Guy. At least during my time, I feel like it was during a work from home episode. Gotcha. Where we hit 13. And I forget. I probably. I, we probably did the, the rover report. I'm sorry. We failed you. No, no, no. I mean, again, I didn't really tell you about it, so it's not fun. Now Again, this is all this all evolves. Oh, ghosts. yeah, I do remember this. Chat's reminding me. I said a true baker's There you dozen. go. See, as long as you actually nail it, you say something, you're fine. You got it. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, this table. Uh, Chris B writes in and says, the actor's name is Walton Goggins, not Walter. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Uh, the Portland Kevin, uh, not to be confused with the San Francisco Kevin, says, quick reminder to vote in the midterm elections if you're in the U.S. Ballots are due on November 8th, less than two weeks away. Not that you're wrong, but very important. Yeah. Thank you. Do you know what else is coming November 8th? Sonic Frontiers. That's Hi, more everybody. important. You can't vote. <laughs> more you can't important. vote. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. No, get your votes in now so you have time to play Sonic on the 8th. Uh, Nano writes in and says, Vault 101, uh, which is the Fallout 3 one, was a social experiment in which overseers were granted unlimited authority over a vault intended uh, to remain closed indefinitely. God, I love Fallout. It's such a good idea. Uh, and that's it. That's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me and Tim. If you're watching this live right now, after this is another Ghostbusters stream with Greg and the crew. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Games. Remember this. 
has been kind of funny games daily each and every week each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about until next time game daily <laughs>